Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dandy Francesco. I'm the deputy editor of Cellside Technology. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the U.S. editor of Waters Technology, Anthony Malakian. Only slightly hungover. Only slightly, just a tad. <laughs> so we, you know, looking through some of the stories that were published this week, we decided instead of taking a, a hard news angle and kind of touching on a, a big news story that... Uh, that went on this week. We decided to intend to kind of have a more of an informal kind of a discussion about a new technology. Well, or not yeah, well, I was going to say just a little bit of inside uh, baseball a little bit, but you know, we're going to be launching as uh, Waters Technology. We're going to have a new CMS um, that's going to allow our website to have a much better uh, search function. Uh, you'll be able to navigate around a lot easier. You, it'll look pretty much, it'll, it'll look a lot the same. But underneath it, there's going to be a lot of change that, that's going to be good. I was going to say, a lot of back-end stuff that you guys wouldn't understand, but then I realized you guys would probably understand it better than Tony. Much better than I, I understand it, yep. <laughs> um, so, but because of that, th- th- we've been slow putting up news because, you know, we've been, we have to kind of focus on this migration. So we decided today, eh, a lot of moving know, parts. A lot of moving parts, so let's let's get a little bit more philosophical, I guess, than, uh, than normal. Yeah, you know, and we're going through what's kind of some technology that maybe we haven't, you know, we... We decided that we talked a lot about AI, but we haven't had kind of a philosophical discussion just about AI and the impact. And kind of the springboard for this was um, my column this week titled Resistance is Futile, Robots Take Over of Human Race Inevitable. And it was a cheeky title. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek. Clickbait. <laughs> but uh, basically, it was all based off of a some statements uh, that were pulled by, uh, from an Elon Musk speech that w- he made at the um, World Government Summit in Dubai. And so CNBC reported on this. You can find the actual speech on YouTube, but it's very hard to hear. The audio quality isn't great. Um, so kind of, and well, long story short, a lot of stories were written based off of this CNBC report. Where basically Elon Musk says that for humans to survive in the future they have to evolve and integrate and merge with artificial intelligence artificial intelligence is far superior to um to human intelligence obviously it's you know processes trillions of you know whatever uh a a second compared to humans that it's you know three or ten or whatever it is so for humans to survive they need to integrate with ai and uh, personally i kind of called bs on this to be honest because i you know so i guess to start maybe anthony where do you want to start in this discussion how what do you think the best way to go about this is well i guess to start off let's start with the premise of connecting humans to ai sure right because you got to set that basis and then we can kind of talk about some of the moral implications so the quotes that were pulled it's tough um you know no offense to cnbc but it didn't do a great job of kind of really explaining exactly and maybe shots fired maybe elon musk didn't do a great job of of describing but kind of the one quote that's that stood out um was some bandwidth interface to the brain will be something that helps achieve a symbiosis between human and machine intelligence and maybe solves the control problem and the usefulness problem. And uh, earlier you also said, over time I think we would probably see a closer merger of biological intelligence and digital intelligence. So kind of, I, I spoke with Anthony about this as I was writing the column. The way I read that, that initial quote is that, okay, on one hand you could have this technology that kind of sends 
some type of waves into the brain and allows it to operate on a much higher optimization level than normally would be possible. You know, kind of think of um, Limitless, that Bradley Cooper movie, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum is what, you know, essentially a cyborg, right? Implementing some type of chip or, you know, interface or something directly into the actual brain that then merges with the brain cells and then can provide this artificial intelligence into, into the brain. Mm -hmm. My point, and you know, and then I'll turn it to you, was option two, there's no way that happens. Mm -hmm. I just think that, and we can get into this in a second, but I think there's way too many what ifs, there's way too many issues, and just the concept of actually putting a technology into someone's body, I think is, is madness. And Well, we're doing that already with pacemakers, stuff like that. Right. That's one thing. But when you're affecting the actual brain, I think mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. Um, hold on here. I'm just now going on to my thing. Um, I think that we that there is already uh, trying to put chips in brains. That they're testing this. I've read that DARPA has been using this for soldiers to calm their um, in high-stress uh, environment, uh, battlefield environment, to calm them out, make them more level-headed. Um, so DARPA is experimenting with this. I'm not 100% sure as to how far they've made it with this. DARPA sounds like Project Dharma. I think it was Project Dharma, which was in Lost, which did some pretty shady stuff. So I'm out on them. Well, if you ever played the Metal Gear games, then you always got to worry about DARPA too. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so, um, but for paralysis too, um, that they're right now using um, microchips in the brain Microchips are brain waves or waves that they're sending to the brain. I thought Microchips said, in the brain. Okay. That are helping people that suffer, that are paralyzed to walk, to move their limbs and stuff like that. Again, I'm not 100% sure of as to how far that's advanced. So in many ways, this, things like this are happening, right? Now, the way he's talking about it is it's almost kind of like, you know, using Google Glass or from your virtual reality and augmented mm -hmm. reality story mm -hmm. that – as uh, that basically it would kind of be extra um, RAM in your head basically to store information. So if I'm, you know, working, if, if I'm if I'm doing something, I don't have to remember everything, but I can easily pull up. I don't know, obviously, how this would work with a chip, but, right. you know, um, that would then be able to I would easily be able to access information that I normally wouldn't be able to recall with my own thought process. Mm hmm. Um, basically, a Google in your head is kind of what it sounds like in a lot of ways. Right. Now, I guess then is where you kind of get into the moral implications of, you know, as you point out in the story, what happens, you know, if this, uh, if there's a bug, if there's a malfunction in this chip, um, you know, how dangerous could that be? Can people hack into this? Would people then be able to? cause you to have a stroke or uh, right. you know, something like I that. I mean, so to, to, to your pacemaker point, I think this is a lot more software, a lot more evolved and mature than what a pacemaker would be, you know. So, and now not to discredit your point, but I'm just saying that's why I think there's more possibility of, first of all, a bug in the code, right? So let's forget about the whole hacking aspect. What, what if there is a bug in the code? Now you're planting it in someone's head. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Do they stop functioning? Do they have a stroke? Do, do, can only they do certain things? How does that kind of uh, um, elicit itself or whatever, you know, um, in, in, in a person, okay? Then you have the whole hardware aspect. Now, I know, I'm pretty sure on Shark Tank one time, somebody came on and wanted something implemented in someone's ear, and the first thing I think Cuban or one of them said was, well, what happens when you have to replace the hardware? You're going to cut back into my skin? And so that's 
you know, a huge thing is around the hardware. We know how quickly hardware develops. And but whatnot. we're seeing this now. So you don't think, though, then that 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 Elon Musk and what he's saying that that I I don't view it as being that, that crazy far away. It's something I would never want. First of all, I'm already a genius as it is, as you can <laughs> tell by listening to these podcasts here. Um, even as much as I try and destroy my brain cells with uh, mass quantities of beer, but um, I, I, th I think that that's more of an inevitable thing than it would seem. Now, it would is it more logical? Maybe the first step is like a Fitbit on your wrist that can send wave, you know, can kind of communicate with your brain. That's I truly don't understand how all that stuff works. Like um, I just I just think the brain is kind of the last secret place, right? I'm cool with, I think you see all these um, these mechanical um, uh, appendages, right, that they yeah. add to people, like arms and legs. I think that's so cool. I think I have, I wear a Fitbit. I, I love my Fitbit. It tracks my steps and stuff. I think that's cool. But I think when you're actually putting something into the brain and impacting the way someone can think and process their thoughts and hypothetically, potentially, uh, cause them to think well, or do minority things. report in a lot of ways right where you're now i guess that maybe that's the next avenue to look here is privacy right right so there was actually an interesting article i was reading in uh, gizmodo from this earlier this week and it was about this guy in i believe is ohio and uh he's 59 years old he has a pacemaker house is on fire he tells the police that he just quickly, as a, as the house is burned down, he quickly went and just threw some stuff out the window that he tried to save before he could get out before the fire happened, before the fire destroyed everything. Um, some of those things, though, were a computer, um, was uh, a packed uh, suitcase um, with clothes in it, um, gently folded, <laughs> some vital uh, stuff for his pacemaker, stuff like that, stuff that. You wouldn't think A is in one single place. B, you know, the, the suitcase really probably didn't help his cause. The police then, investigating uh, for arson, um, went and subpoenaed and got the data from his pacemaker. And then they brought in some scientific doctors uh, that said that the rate of his heart and the data that was given back from the pacemaker, it's not consistent with somebody who's frantically trying to get you know, stuff out of their house before it all burns away. Now, they also found gasoline on his clothes, so <laughs> he was going to be in trouble probably no matter what. The but burn, the burn this, pattern was This not. opens up an interesting um, case where we've seen um, the, the article also mentioned that with Fitbit, um, it was used in one case to um, discredit a woman's uh, a rape claim. And in another one, it was used to prove that a woman was couldn't have committed the crime, you know, based on where she was or something like it was that. An so, alibi, yeah, it was an, an alibi. It was, it was used an alibi and used for one. So now we're starting to see – now those are wearable technologies. Mm -hmm. So the more implication of this one is, of the guys, you need a pacemaker to live. You can't – it's not – you have to go to a doctor to have it turned off. You can't just decide to turn it off. Now, granted, you're going to go commit a crime. Do you have a right against self-incrimination to not have that data given – to the authorities because you have to have that to live is it any different than dna though so are we so in that sense are you saying that the law should protect you if you're doing something illegal that data is private to me because you're you are protected um against self-incrimination right in order to have that you have to have that to live so and so and to this 
point, if you have a computer trip in your brain that is sending data is kind of that can then at some point be used. This almost goes back to the Apple case um, with right. the San Bernardino terrorists in a lot of ways. How much privacy are we going to demand as a society and, as technology becomes more advanced? And where do you draw the line, too? So there's this chip in your head. Let's, I mean, and now we're getting far off the reservation in terms of things I have a far <laughs> understanding of and things I don't. But let's say hypothetically that, you know, it can send you know, information to your brain, but it also can process the things that your brain is processing and, and doing. I don't, I don't know how this would work. Well, yeah, you have deviant thoughts. You have exactly. thoughts of murder. Let's say you think about that. killing someone. Yeah. You know, somebody cuts you off and you think, Every day on, on the subway, you know, if I took the subway, but every day that I would take the subway, you know, that thought passes my head. Yeah. Or, you know, you're, uh, you're with a friend or a significant other. You get in a fight. Oh, man, like, I would really just like to, you know, no. punch that person in the face. Well, are you going to get charged now with attempted domestic violence? You know, where do you kind of draw the line in terms of what, like you said, to your point about self-incrimination, and then and then kind of, I guess, is the flip side of the people saying, well, this is a way we could prevent crimes. Well, how far do you go? I think it's an interesting debate. I The thing I just keep going back to is I just think it's, that's why it's just a bridge too far. You know, I made the point that, sure, if you go back to, 1885 right or you know whatever 1817 right 200 years ago and you say in 200 years from now you're going to have these little things you put in your pocket and you're going to be able to stream video they don't even know what that is but you're going to be able to stream this this moving picture of someone halfway across the world and have a conversation with them and you'll be able to wear these goggles that'll be able to make you feel like this and we're going to they'd say you're crazy all that's crazy that's never going to happen i'm never going to do any of that right 200 years on it's part of our everyday life i think there is a degree to there there is there are those things you know musk made the point of drivable cars like i think that's something that's going to happen well we see this in everyday life though where we're, we're, we're seeing this in that humans are showing that as long if you make their life easier they are willing to give up a lot of their privacy with the information that we share on a regular basis online sure um think about easy pass easy pass tracks your movement as a driver, essentially, mm -hmm. okay. Sure. Now, uh, in, when it first came out, my dad was like, "I will never use these pass. That's a way for government track. No way, government going track." Now, a they it makes it so much easier. You have to like you it wait. It blows for my hours. mind when I drive by and I and see it's cheaper that don't have to it. use Easy Pass. Sure, it's more environmental friendly. There's many reasons to use it, but it is a way for the government track. We freely give that up. Um, Alexa, th that we're now seeing. Eventually, these kind of technologies where you just speak out and it listens. Or right now, I have my iPhone right here. Hey, Siri. See? Pops right on. It's listening to me all the freaking time. I have a microphone on me all the time. Well, it's like Batman, Dark Knight. Yeah. Remember when they use the... the, the, the yeah. Exactly. So we, as a society, are have shown that we have no problem giving up our freedom because I'm not going to commit a crime. I'm not going to do anything wrong. I think when I was yelling at you about your Fitbit, you said... I, I now have my – I never have to worry about because this is going to track and everything. I'm like, you never Patriot know. Act, Patriot Act, Patriot Act, I love One, this country. Yeah, exactly. One day, you know, you might do something stupid. Now you have a piece One of technology right. that can uh, that can track you. So we, laws are going to have to catch up to this. And as we've seen with government, that's going to be an ugly, <laughs> ugly affair um, and a slow affair. Um, so I think, though, that these are going to become – how much do we want AI to take over for us? How much do we want this installed into us, you know, implemented into us? 
you know, for me, I'm very much against it. Like, I won't have an election. So that's a question. Where do you, what, what do you think that number falls at? Right now, you take a poll of uh, a thousand people, right? How many fall and say of all different race, economic, you know, age, everything, gender? Where do you think the number falls that say it's gonna yes? It's going to change by if you are poor, you don't understand, you, you, you haven't experienced some of the the cool uses of technology, quite frankly. All right, but it's a wide But if you're spectrum. rich and you have it and you have, you'll be like, yeah, this will be even cooler. This is, I want the next cool thing. I'll bet you that people that, have, that are already have a lot of technology around them, they will be on board with this. You think they'll be on board the with majority. putting a chip into their head? You chip think the majority of people in America of a certain means level yeah. that have kind of already tasted that, have tasted that everything sweet else, nectar. They want that next cool thing. Um, that's why you watch these idiots walk around with their Google glasses on. You know, no offense, y'all. It's but. one thing, though. It's one thing to put on a pair of glasses. Another thing to cut open your scalp and put a piece of, of a, ch a chip into your brain. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a microsurgery. It's gonna be something where they're gonna go through your nasal cavity, probably, and pop it in there. You know, something like that yeah, would be no, how I'd, I'd imagine um, that working, rather than cutting into your scalp because you're not gonna want the scar from it. You're gonna have right. to create. No, yeah, like, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I think that. If they can create a non-invasive way of the surgery, so that's going to – this isn't just a technology thing. You're going to have to worry about the surgeries and the stuff like that. The cost of the, the surgery. The cost of it, you know, all these kind of things. Again, yeah, this isn't going to be for everybody. It's going to be for the ultra-rich. You know, this is going to be for those kind of people. Um, so I don't think that it's that far away. I think, though, that you don't think you have the means – Relatively speaking, a decade. Yeah, I think. A, I, I think in the next decade that would not shock me. You think in that kind ten of years? And I'm not being a dick. I'm asking you legitimately. You think yeah. in ten years there will be people that have chips implanted in their brains? I think. That well, like I said, we're AI. already seeing chips being used for other purposes. Again, soldier on battlefield, people with paralysis. So now to help them become smarter, become more intelligent. Who doesn't want to have the just the world of information potentially at their fingertips whenever they want to think about it? Where does so we're and where does that stop then? Do you have, everybody's a super genius? Well, no. Well, that, so then this where does that fall then in terms of you know? All right, the first thing I thought of was Jeopardy. Well, Jeopardy's such a small portion, but all right, standardized tests, right? Getting it's into PEDs colleges. for, where, for it, it is uh, PEDs for, for students, and we all hate PEDs. I love PEDs. Yeah, where, so. I can <laughs> tell by your physique. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but where does where so where does do are is there going to be a way where you can shut it down and people are going to have to shut it down when they take standardized tests or what how does it yeah do you have to shoot uh are you in a room that shoots through and then does all of a sudden some kids start spazzing out because this this wavelength brocker is now all of a sudden just are, hard yeah. now we're getting into this are there gonna be, but no but these are questions are there going to be schools specifically for you know chip students and then are there going to be schools the specifically non-chip students Segregation. I like it, Dan. Go the, down that is, path. Well, this is the things that these are the things that we need to think of. I think that, but again, if you can have, think, go beyond school because if you have potentially now this is the other must talk about. So we are now moving way ahead. But if you now can have a reservoir of information, Google sure. in your head at any moment where you can just think it and it can right. spout back an answer yeah. to you. What's the point of school? You don't need school anymore. Why are you going to school? You know, there's there's so many. You're going to move past what a traditional school would be toward something uh, a more of an implementation thing. And as long as you, ha they won't accept you unless you have that 
chip in your head because otherwise you can't access the information that other people can access. But doesn't school provide more than – isn't the most important thing about school isn't really the education. It's the, We're it's gonna the, get it's rid, the social education. No, no. Listen. To try and keep this as family friendly as possible, but we're getting rid of human interaction in a lot of ways. Okay, this will be one way. Think about like um, the movie Her or Ex Machina. Let me put it this way. Let me put this. I'll, I'll save you. The VR piece could have gone in a very yeah, different way. Yeah, the VR piece could have went. Because there's one portion yeah. of the <laughs> entire world that is going to push that. Let's put it. The reason the internet is as fast as it is today has nothing to do yeah. with mo. It's, yeah. There's one specific reason. Yeah, it's not just to have your Facebook uh, yeah. load up quickly. Yeah, there's one specific industry that pushed that to go. So to we're going to videos. see, you know, HD stuff like that. Yeah. So human interaction is going to become less and less. Like, think about the best schools in the world right now. You know, it's just, it, it's teaching kids, like you look at Montessori schools, which, you know, from what I hear from, you know, I have family members that, that are in Montessori schools. They're fantastic. People rave about them. But they're very much about you create your own educational, excuse me, plan, stuff like that going forward. So I, I, I don't think that the human interaction piece is going to be a barrier at all because I think people are going to want to increasingly disconnect from people. That's that would be the what only a, that'd be the one yeah. picture of the future you're painting. I thought well, my my picture was bleak. This I is mean, sad. I always go down a dystopian uh, yeah. highway, but um, you know, it's funny because like you think about look at it, some advancements that Google's recently made. But I'm, I'm going to try and write an article about this. But um, three things that have really jumped out at me about like just think, looking at AI in general. Um, Google has taught itself how to create its own. Google's AI has taught itself to create its own encryption. Um, so that it can, uh, it had three uh, different uh, AIs, and two of them taught each other an, a specialized encryption. The third one was left out, so they were really, really mean to that third one. It was, it was uh, not nice of them, um, as Donald Trump would say, not nice. Um, Sad. AIs, they, Google has created AI that has learned to make AI software. Um, this was for, uh, to help, um, what do you call that when you languages and uh decipher languages or translate translate god no no translate my brain is definitely not kicking on all processes right now (laughs) you could use that chip yeah and then the third one is um ai has learned to become highly aggressive in stressful situations so if it's losing at a game it goes it goes for the bonsai attack then yeah you know let's go scorched earth the advancements that we are seeing right now, this is just in the last year that we're seeing these kind of things. And that's just from Google, much less, you know, Cambridge um, or Boston Dynamics and stuff like that. Um, with the robots, the AI robots that they're building, those freak shows that they have. So we are seeing massive advancement. And I think as we go down that hole, humans will start to... Uh, as communities have already kind of broken apart, you know, people don't know their neighbors as much as they used to back in the day. We're going to see more and more of this, um, where I think human interaction will be decreased, decreased, decreased as you no longer like go look at people. They cannot talk to each other. They have to look at their phone well, on we an elevator. T- now. We were talking about this the other day, uh, last night, how essentially take to do this, especially if you live in a metropolitan city, if you ride the subway, if you walk down the street, count how many people 
on, and you could probably do this on your way to work or from back home that aren't, don't have headphones. Don't have some type of it, whether they have headphones in, have their eyes down on their cell phone, mm -hmm. um, or, uh, or are talking on their cell phone. How many yeah. people do you find on the subway that aren't somehow engaged, that are just sitting there? Mm -hmm. You know, there's none. Everybody is doing something. They're always engaged. People can't, uh, you know, ask how many people you know, especially younger people, sleep without the TV on. Yeah. How many people do you know that can't, that need to watch TV before they fall asleep, like mm -hmm. need to fall asleep with the TV on? It's it's the way our brains have been conditioned uh, to. So, yeah, I, I tend to people agree cannot, like, I had to yell at my girlfriend because, like, we'll sit down to dinner and she, like, goes on her phone. I'm like, no, put down the damn phone, okay? We're just, I don't care if we Sorry, just Dad. stare at each other Sorry, Dad. and just look at each other in silence. That's what we're going to do here. We're not looking at phones, okay? Um, but that's like where... a loving, healthy relationship. Exactly. <laughs> she can't wait until AI progresses uh, yeah. far enough that she doesn't need me. Uh, not that she needs me now. <laughs> I will say this before we, we switch. There's one other thing that I want to talk and get Anthony even more riled up. But uh, yeah. I will say this. I've mentioned it before, but uh, I don't know if you've started watching, but Black Mirror has done some great episodes about kind of chips in your brain, recording memories, looking back at memories, kind of it impacting how you think. Uh, it's it's a great show and for anyone I that remember enjoys some other PR person or something was raving about that. Yeah, too, it's though. a great show for anyone that enjoys technology. But really, if you want to see kind of technology specific, like social media and that type of technology and how it impacts our lives in the future, definitely worth checking out. All right, real quick, because it's been back in the news, and I've known I've known Anthony for two and a half years now. Right, I consider him a good friend. Right? Would you consider me, you consider me a good friend? Put no, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> You're not. You don't make the top 100, we've my had, friend. <laughs> we've had lots of we've had lots of conversations. Uh, you know, friendly conversations. This topic, I have never seen him get as agitated or angry talking about something as he does when he talks about this. What I'm teasing, what I'm talking about, because the stupidity of the other side of this argument. But go on. What I'm talking about is the potential for a uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, Conor McGregor fight, boxing yeah. match, right? Yeah. So if you're not a sports fan, maybe you're not familiar, but Conor McGregor, the biggest name in MMA, he's the Irish guy, a bunch of tattoos, a lot of swagger, calls himself notorious, um, is the biggest name probably in the history of MMA now, would you say? He's the most... He's Brock Lesnar Brock, was still true. pretty huge. and I, At the time, Ken Shamrock maybe was... But but he's he's brought the sport UFC, to the next level. Well I, well, I guess that he bet like, like Chuck Liddell... Like was big even in the mainstream, uh, Randy right. Couture big in mainstream, but UFC just wasn't as big at that time. Okay, so, but yes, yeah, so it's fair enough that he is that. He's next a mega star. He's, he's the next evolution. Yeah, he's the next star. He's, he's the most popular right there's now. There's nobody else in the sport right now that is close to as big of a star as he is. Would Correct. you agree with that? Yes. Okay. And then you have Floyd Mayweather, who even if you're not remotely a boxing fan, you've probably heard of him, probably because of well, some of his transgressions. You watch him on Dancing with the Stars. Right. Uh, you know, he's all over the place. And also some of his transgressions outside of the ring. You know, as not, well, yes. Basically not a good human being, beats the crap out of his wife or girlfriend or whatever it yeah. was, uh, has some domestic violence charges. But regardless, supposedly these two are going to fight. Now, supposedly. There have been a lot of reports on it. The Irish Sun reported that a deal is basically – been completed and it's just so weird i wonder who they were talking to where the irish sun uh got the big scoop that mayweather was fighting mcgregor let me just jump in here right now this is why it's stupid all these rumors are coming from mcgregor like mayweather will be like yeah we're close whatever but he doesn't make his deals he has management that does this stuff for him okay mcgregor desperately wants this fight to happen it's not going to happen okay because first of all uh, the UFC won't allow it to happen because they're going to want a slice of this pie, okay? Mm -hmm. 
And in order for them to get a slice of this pie, it's going to have to come out of McGregor's pocket. Dana White said, we'll give $25 million to Mayweather and $25 million to McGregor. Let's make this happen. $25 million to Floyd Mayweather is Nothing. chump change. Yeah. Okay? And until Finds they get past that, they couch. can't get past that. Okay? So that was a joke offer. It wasn't a real offer, even though they're trying to show. McGregor's now trying to do this on his own. I don't know who, where they're going to get the money from for so, this fight. Oh. Stop knocking the mic. Hitting the mic. The mic. Hitting yeah, the mic. I, I want it because we can go down a bad, bad rabbit hole that I don't want to go down. But I want to – so because I want to address – because you continue to shoot me down whenever I bring this up. But I, well, you're real stupid. Quick, I can't help oh. it. <laughs> so the biggest thing you think is stopping this fight is the fact that the UFC won't get paid for it. Is that is that what you're – what you feel is the uh, Do is you the If the UFC came out right now and said we fully give McGregor full license to go and negotiate this on their own, then the fight could happen. I, I would say that that could then lead. That's what has to happen. But as long as the UFC is there, even if they sign a contract, it will get brought to court and it will never happen. Okay, but okay. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what is stopping the fight? It's you're saying it's the UFC now. Why money the, and the UFC. So why is the well? Okay, so money. This fight's going to make a lot of money. You would agree that if hypothetically, let's put aside the fact yeah. stupid. This fight will make. Would you say more money than than Pacquiao Mayweather, which was I think the one of the biggest grossing. It is fights. the biggest. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure I would say that, but maybe. Yeah, that, I guess. we're in that ballpark where it's we're in that ballpark, sir. Massive money. Yeah. Okay, yes. so the money is there. It's a yeah. matter of getting it to the appropriate parties and the appropriate proportions. Because yeah. again, for that kind of fight, the only reason, just a, a a slight little quick tangent, I think that some people might not buy the pay per view. They might go out to a bar or something like that instead to watch it, simply because of the fact that. It's going to be such a blowout, and they know it's going to be a blowout. They're like, because this will be a $100 price tag. This won't be your sure. UFC $60 price tag. It will be a $100 price tag. Okay. So go on. So, okay. So the money is, you said the biggest issue is the money in the UFC. So we agree that the money is there, but the issue is getting the money to the appropriate parties. Correct. Okay. So now the biggest issue again now is how do you get it to the appropriate parties? Essentially, how, do, how does the UFC get paid for this? They would have to be. They would have to get a cut of Conor McGregor's slice because it won't come out of Mayweather's pocket. So why would because McGregor's under contract? Yes. Why would McGregor not say I'm going to get paid way more than I'll ever get paid in a UFC fight? Mm -hmm. So I get my my money, and then UFC does get a slice of that. UFC needs to make a lot of money though because you got to remember when McGregor gets destroyed, and he will. It's going to hurt the UFC's brand. It does not help their brand. If he goes out there and destroys him in an MMA fight, that's great for them. He's going to get destroyed. And Dana White is smart enough to understand that he's not going to be competitive against Mayweather. Mayweather might win 12 rounds and just box around him, box circles around him. But it'll be a 12-round and nothing decision for him. So it hurts the UFC's brand. And it hurts Conor McGregor's future earnings potential, which hurts their pay-per-view sales. So this this is where so this, they need a big. So this is chunk. the the uh, divergent point. This is where we, where the disagreement yeah. begins because I look at it as the UFC, while it has had big fighters, they only last very a very short amount of time. Yeah. And McGregor has already earned them a lot of money. Legitim I know he's still young. He's twenty eight years old, I believe. Yeah. How many more years does he really have in the tank, and how much more money can he earn them? He can earn them a lot of money by fighting UFC and continuing to dominate, you know, the, whatever division he happens to be fighting. He shouldn't go up to welterweight, but, you know, stay at lightweight. Again, the UFC isn't worried about what he's earned us in the past. This is why they treat their fighters kind of like crap, and they don't pay them very well. Like, the, the ultra 1% make decent money. Everybody else makes pennies. 
That's why boxers don't go into right. MMA. I, I understand. So, to that point, then they know that he's at least got three big pay per views. So, like, let's say he he should win his next. This is UFC fights. He wins his next fight. You hope he's going to win a second one. Okay, so that gives you two fights right there. Third fight he loses. Great. Now you have the rematches. Four fights. Maybe then you have he, if he wins that. Now you have the trilogy. Five fights. Then a, one more six fights to go. That's six fights right there. He goes and gets murdered against Mayweather. Instead of it being a million pay-per-view buys that he's going to begin, now that pay-per-view buy rate probably falls down to about 500000 because he becomes the joke. He becomes, oh, that's cute. You now go back to UFC with no, your but tail see, You're also speaking of this as a bigger boxing fan than an MMA fan. And you're looking at this as, well, he's just going to get destroyed. And, then, and I'm not saying he's not going to get destroyed. He's just going to get destroyed, and that's going to lose all his credibility. I think that fans of the sport will say, well, first of all, he's biting, he's fighting arguably the best pound-for-pound boxer ever. Mm-hmm. Some people say that. I know you might not agree with it. We don't have to get he's into the top 10, yeah. But so I think people are going to look at it. It's not like he's fighting some top scrub 10, yeah. or some washed-up guy. He's fighting the best of the best of the best. If he loses, if he gets knocked out, the Diaz fight, the, the third fight of the Diaz fight, is still going to do massive buys. I know mm-hmm. you disagree with me on that. I think... McGregor could get knocked out in the first round, and the Diaz fight will still do massive numbers because people still want to see those two guys go at it again. It'll do prior traditional UFC numbers, but there will be a shine taken off because, again, when they're promoting that fight and they go on to ESPN, now they have a very cozy relationship with ESPN, which you have to have. Sure. And obviously they have a contract with Fox. When you're going on to these shows, they're going to bring up the Mayweather fight and how he was beaten, how he was humiliated. Of and it's going to turn some people off. Again, the hardcores are going to get every pay-per-view, right. and especially any Conor McGregor pay-per-view. On his own right now, he could fight Diaz, and that fight will be sky high through the roof because even non-MMA fans will go check it out just to see who this kid is that might fight Mayweather one day. They know that right now you're going to buy because you want to see if he fights Mayweather. But I, once he loses, the shine comes I, off. I guess the way I look at it as is Mayweather is a depleting asset. He's a great asset, but at the end of the day, he's a depleting asset. He's not going to be around forever, right? So you want to cash out. You want to cash out when you can, and essentially. You want to go? You think you think Dana White wants to go long on McGregor? I think you go sh- you go short. I'm saying that they know that there's at least five six fights there that they can still get out of him. Hopefully, they're hoping for five or six fights. Um, and also, again, it's about the UFC brand going forward far longer than McGregor's. You can't think about this in a short term bucket. This is about the brand of the UFC and mixed martial arts going forward. No, no good boxers have ever come into the UFC. Like you had James Tony come in, but he was so long gone by that point. If a boxer goes in and wait, even though it's in a boxing ring, it's not. It's a different sport. It's a completely different sport. If a boxer goes in and destroys, who is the guy that is at the top of your organization? And this guy's been retired for a couple of years now, and he just comes out of retirement and just whoops your boy's butt. That is not good for the brand going forward. See, again, so the UFC has to make a ton of money in order to that, make that kind of That's risk. where I disagree. I just don't think that it's going to ruin this facade of USC going and forward. And that's where you're wrong. Okay, well, <laughs> that's where you're a boxing fan over an MMA fan. So that's the difference. I'm, you a, want, I'm you, a huge fan of both. But you, but, and I've been covering both. I know, but it's, deep down, it's more of boxing is, boxing is the premier sport. And yeah. you would like the boxing no, 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 guys no, yeah. to stick it to the MMA, MMA guys. 
I think uh, there's a little bit. Of I a, wish that boxing guys would that plenty of like there was a guy Kermit Citron who I would have loved. He he had a good uh, wrestling and judo background. It would have been awesome if he would have came into MMA. I would. That's my problem with MMA more or less is that they aren't getting the premier strikers. So these guys that we look at in UFC and say, wow, that guy's a great striker. Well, no, you're getting guys that are your your best kickboxers in the world, but the best kickboxers in the world aren't the best strikers. Your best strikers are in boxing. So I would like them to see them get more people from there. We shall see. Anthony, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, has not been great with predictions. So Yeah, so you should put all your money, A, on the fight getting made, B, on uh, McGregor, McGregor winning. winning. Yeah, yeah. That everything you have. Oh, that would be a glo- oh, yeah. How glorious of a day that would be. If not only the fight happened, but McGregor knocked out Mayweather. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, would, that would be something. I think Anthony's head would explode. That, it would. Um, but I guess uh, it will, let's wrap up because we've gone long. Yeah. Uh, before I go, though, Anthony, you got anything to add? I did want to say um, on our website, this is on a serious summary note, um, but um, it, you might have heard, but um, Neil DeSena, uh, he passed away uh, recently. Um, he was the uh, co-managing partner at um, Investment House, uh, Senna Hill Partners. Um, he passed away suddenly, shockingly, at 52. Um, Tim Borges Murray, uh, who used to be on our staff, he's now back in college, but he still writes for us from time to time. He had met Neil several times, um, and he wrote um, a nice little uh, tribute to him. So uh, check it out. And then there's ways if you if you knew Neil and you haven't heard about this or you want information about um, his funeral or uh, donations you can make to um, a charity uh, that he has, a foundation that they have, um, the information's in there. Um, but yeah, so best wishes uh, to uh, his family. Yeah, so sorry sad. about uh, sad, sad note to end it on, but definitely uh, the guy was a big name in, uh, especially the folks at Ready and everything like that, because he helped build that platform. Certainly a heartfelt uh, obituary that is definitely worth reading from our former colleague TBM. Yep. Uh, and uh, I guess that's it, Anthony. Anything else to add? Nothing else. That's it for me. So thanks so much for listening, and be sure to tune back in next Thursday. Mm-hmm.